0: Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Mel. And this is Murder Autica. Hey, Mel, you ready for your soul to be destroyed one more time? One more time. And it's not like we record every week. No. We record once every two weeks in person. One after the other, baby. So that means true crime, one after another. Yeah. And we decided we would do a theme. Yeah. This, these two weeks. Mm -hmm. And that was, as you may know from last week's episode on Jesse Pomeroy, we are doing children. Who kill?
1: Yeah, it's uh very, very light and fluffy. It's something that the whole family can enjoy. It's like going to a theme park inside of your soul, except the opposite.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all of that is a joke. Turn off this episode if your child is around. Yeah, don't give them any ideas. It's
1: it's not it's not a theme park. This yeah. is no Disneyland,
0: and unfortunately, I'd like to say that my child's murders are a little less worse than yours, a little yours is, less bad. <laughs> but I can't say that. No, um, only one person was murdered.
1: Okay, so the numbers may or may not be a little bit more favorable. I guess yeah. like not that any number is good, but less is probably better.
0: Yeah, but it, well, less in in youngness too. And oh fuck, one young child.
1: I, it's going to be dark either way. So if this is the kind of stuff you like, stick around for this fucking show.
0: <laughs> Nobody likes this, but... Is it interesting? This, yeah. If you're interested in like the psychology yeah. of child killers, you're in the right pl- place because we're armchair psychologists. Yeah, we've got a degree
1: in our armchair psychology. Mm-hmm. And yeah, absolutely interesting. Maybe this is a story you've never heard of before. I love listening to new true crime stories. 100%. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like this one's a little close to home in a sense. Like, I mean, I've worked with a lot of kids mm-hmm. who um, would be considered, like, you know, troubled youth, mm-hmm. which, like, I don't like that term. And, you know, a lot of the times, obviously, it's like a product of their environment 100%. and whatnot. not But I've definitely worked in, like, residential care with children with certain kind of mental illnesses and whatnot that cause some extreme behaviors Mm -hmm. and also coming from a family and myself having mental illnesses and you know sibling having mental illnesses Mm -hmm. um it's just kind of sometimes reading these stories it's like where Like
1: Where could have gone? Where could,
0: you know, somebody that I know could have gone? Oh, yeah. And I can see some of the patterns and stuff in there. And it's just like, it's so crazy to think how close we all are. What's the
1: one thing that could have happened that makes you go the very bad route instead of just, like, having, you know, a couple of road bumps in your life? Exactly. Versus holy fuck, I'm now a murderer.
0: A hundred percent. Where do
1: we take that fork in the road? It's not everybody. We talked a lot about it last episode, um, going through, like, what what some people go through in life that fucking sucks, and there's every opportunity for maybe it to go sour, but Mm -hmm. something in them takes them away of, like, healing, and others, a hundred percent not.
0: Yes, and of course, like, which... I'll kind of explain a little bit in this story, but, like, you know, maybe a child will exhibit certain behaviors like harming animals mm-hmm. or whatnot, which trigger warning there is, speaking of the harming of an animal in mm-hmm. this episode, as well as children, as well as sodomy, so just knowing ahead of time, um, and minors... And, yeah, like, you know, the, I think that we can all say maybe we knew somebody when they were young that, like, hurt a ki- like a, a, an animal. And like I said in the last episode, I wouldn't trust a child yes. of a certain age alone with a delicate baby animal because kids don't really know. But how you, maybe you go about dealing with that afterward as a parent mm-hmm. could definitely really affect, affect you yeah. know? because i think as a parent myself who isn't a parent so this is my opinion you know i've always joked around like you know those memes where it's like you know i'm scared to have kids because i'll i don't want some fucking kid just like showing up in the middle of the night in the middle of the hallway and i like drop kick it in the face and i'm Mm -hmm. all like no you can't have any water devil child yeah 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 or
1: people like i woke up with my daughter leaning over me as i sleep and was like i can see your soul through your eyes or something you know that kind exactly of
0: shit. and it's like if i had a kid and they like hurt an animal in a really like fucked up way mm-hmm. trying to act normal and loving to the child immediately after would be hard but i mean it's unfortunately something that you're going to have to do because I think disciplining and freaking oh, out and beating that child right after is not going to no. be a good consequence. You're I'm definitely going to want to get into fucking yeah. therapy. Yeah. Yeah. See a doctor. Totally
1: talk to somebody who doesn't have two armchair psychology degrees like we Make them watch do. Homeward Bound and yeah. every
0: other Disney movie yeah. where animals die. And- yeah.
1: And teach them the right from wrong, but... Oh, yeah. could you? I couldn't even imagine. I mean, I don't plan on ever being a mother to anything other than a pet in my life, it's, and I just couldn't even imagine that's being like, hey, little Timmy, what you did was was not very nice to, to Chester the dog. Mm-hmm. Like, holy fuck. Fuck it.
0: And I think that's where people like us, who are fur moms and fur mm. dads and fur parents, um, we tend to like look at our children like our babies yes which i understand and like how you say pairs. we look at our children like our babies it's oh like, yeah, i because, mean the, the, because like they are
1: babies. yeah but they are yeah. but that's how much it's like In my cat is me? my fucking daughter
0: no exactly. don't come from here, my fucking daughter so the idea of that i'm just like oh my god that's so fucked up but you know like i don't have a kid so i don't understand the love of a mother with a human child yeah but i do know the love of an animal and if anybody hurt my fucking babies i would be very very even upset. your own baby hurting
1: your other babies
0: i always say i'm like if i feel like a car came by and like hit my dog and it was like absolutely by accident mm-hmm. i still would have to be like i'm gonna need you to drive away right now because i'm going to murder mm-hmm. you and mm-hmm. it, i would probably if anybody purposely hurt my animal oh that's a physical attack that would happen could end in murder We'd i don't be know having i would podcast be, prison you would be interviewing I, me it, and it would jail. be temporary no. insanity yeah. like in that moment and rage, you know what because rage of, blackout <laughs> because of recent researching into the insanity plea mm-hmm. you know i know that one of the main things is you didn't know at the time it was happening that you were what even, the consequences yeah. would be and like even if somebody had put it in this kind of way i think that i was reading that if you would have still did what you did in front of like a police officer that you know would catch you and if if you would do that then you definitely are temporarily insane because you're not
1: even thinking of anything outside of
0: attacking yeah so he's hoping there's a police officer there whenever i murder whoever runs over my dog yeah yeah (laughs) All right, so let's jump into this, and then we can go watch a Disney movie after. I need to watch something to make me smile. Make me smile. Hey, just throwing this out there to all of our listeners, especially our Canadian ones, um, or just TV and computer savvy people, if anybody can tell us where we can stream Toast of London, specifically (laughs) for Mel, please let us know, because they've taken it off of netflix netflix and there's a new season out and mal's dying to see it and also if you know what the fuck happened on fx canada and why they removed every good show in the shadows and
1: and atlanta and taboo and it's always sunny was removed (gasps) i need to write an angry letter to someone that's what we'll do
0: after this to make ourselves feel better
1: i'm at the age that now i'm like who do I have to find their mailing address, you are getting a fucking angry letter. You know you're an adult when. And it's going to be poorly written. I haven't written an on actual paper
2: Mm -hmm. in quite
1: some time. So you want some fucking pissed scribbles? Doing it.
0: We're doing it.
1: And also another heads up for everyone listening today. uh, We obviously take cases like this seriously. We really do. It's just in order to not be super fucking depressed because you know this is a depressing subject we're gonna maybe take breaks and like crack jokes or try change and change a
0: subject by accident change
1: the subject by accident on purpose calculatedly uh just to lighten the load yes. of what's ahead of us and I mean I don't even really know what's ahead of us uh so yeah Jamie take it away Mel just
0: knows the few things that I've like screamed out in yeah, horror while yeah. doing my research so let's get started So, tonight, flash this afternoon, I will be telling you the story of the tragic murder of Derek Robbie. Okay, so we begin our story on August 2nd, 1993.
1: Wow, this isn't even that far away.
0: No, not at all. This is like the age like i feel like we Derek would be like our age oh my god now because yes i know that the individual who committed the murder is only a few years older and they're only a few years older than us oh
1: fucking shit that is okay putting it into that perspective makes it all the trippier well here
0: we here we can actually calculate it um So, during this summer, he was coming up fast on his fifth birthday. So, if he was five in 1993, then he was born in 1988. Yeah. So, he was two years younger than me and one one year year younger. younger than you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Let's start at tragic. So, as I said, this summer, Derek was fast approaching his fifth birthday. Derek was described as being all boy all the time he just loved doing Outdoors. all of the classic boy activity not to be heteronormative but mm-hmm. you know i'm definitely basing this off of like how he's described yes, of course but you know when you think of because we grew up in the same time as him yeah you know he playground dirt dirt running fishing yeah biking you know he was called the unofficial mayor of savannah um, which is a tiny village in Western New York that had, like, a population of 970 oh, people. Oh, so he was loved. He was loved, because, like, he apparently, and this is a quote from his mother, Doreen, he sat on the corner on his bike and waved to the cars that went by. Everybody remembers him doing that.
1: What an angel. hmm
0: So, on August 2nd, 1993, because we will go into a mm-hmm. little bit more about Derek, unfortunately, I'm going to just let you know right now, just like in many cases... Um, there isn't as much about the victim as there is oh, yeah. about the perpetrator. I know. Which is really unfortunate. And realistically, when I searched this, I didn't, uh, it, I came up with the murderer's name and mm-hmm. all of their information, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be able to tell the story, you know, in memory of the victim and try not to focus too much on, on him, on the, the murderer, but unfortunately... There is a lot more information, and a lot of it is crucial in kind of armchairing of course, you know, how of course. this happened. And I mean,
1: listen, like, it's not to go without saying that everybody like wants just to hear about the killer. But when you search something up out of that sick curiosity, we all have a little bit when it comes to crime, mm-hmm. especially murder, and like just horrible deeds that are done as human people are capable of doing... You're looking for that information. People know that. Mm -hmm. That's what they're going to put up. That's what's going to get the clicks. So I like that we're hearing a little bit more about Derek because where else, you know, that you're not going to get that very many other places. So I appreciate that. And it also hurts you extra hearing about who the person he was. (laughs) It's great all all around.
0: So on August 2nd, 1993... Uh, Derek was getting ready to head out to an after school program or no, wait, not after school. Sorry. Um, just like it's I'm describing it as an after school program because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like a youth program mm-hmm. that he used to go to. Um, but at the time that he was ready to go, just like any classic, you know, boy of his age, waiting is like a hard thing to do. Oh, yeah. So his mother Doreen wasn't ready to take him, and quote, she says, "Normally I would walk him to the end of the driveway, but Derek that morning was very fussy." Um, Derek says, "It's okay, mom. I'll go by myself." He then gave her a kiss and said, "I love you," and said, "She said I love you," and he said, "I love you, mom," and went hopping off on the sidewalk.
1: Five years old. Okay. No
0: going on going on five but it's the 90s it is
1: the 90s and my story last week also remember it was like a little four-year-old boy was like mom like can i go to the store get some sweets and she's like here i have a couple farthings head over to the cake shop yeah or whatever and I couldn't imagine, I don't know, maybe, like, my mom was more protective, or my dad, or maybe it's just ingrained in me because of the society we live in. I'm like, my child would be strapped to my leg until they were 10 years old. Yeah. And then they'd have a pager and a microchip.
0: <laughs> I guess it's just all in where and how you were raised, right? Like, you grew up yes. in Ottawa. Yeah, it's Like, true. Slash Montreal. Yeah. So... Those are very large populated places. It's
1: true. Not like this 900... 970 people. Like, I grew
0: up in Cornwall, Mm -hmm. which has a population of maybe, like, you know, 10,000 people or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I remember being, you know six or seven and walking to the corner store with my other neighborhood friends yeah it's like you know that 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 was the times and again in a population of 970 like my dad lives in a small village Mm -hmm. outside of cornwall which probably has like a population of like around this or between this and 500 and 100 Mm percent. you know like all the kids are going to the park and you know every neighbor on the way there so you know that this person's seen them go by and this Mm -hmm. person and like if if they get hurt and fall off their bike like yeah, the neighbor Henry's gonna help him out. Exactly, exactly.
1: Also, God, oh, just it's just terrifying. Anyways, that this could exist in a small community. They say all the time, like nothing like this ever happens here, but it's always a possibility.
0: He actually did only have a block to go, and no streets to cross. Uh, the park that he was headed to, uh, towards where the program was, was on a dead end street. And during quotes it was the first time i'd ever let him go anywhere alone oh fuck
1: that would just devastate her for the rest of her life like i she would blame herself which is just so sad and two if she has any other kids it would never happen again no like they wouldn't be going
0: anywhere yeah so shortly after um derek took off uh, a cloud, like, a storm was kind of brewing. Clouds were coming God in. Like, I mean, it. we're building the scene here like uh-huh. a fucking movie. Yeah. And Doreen... this
1: turns dark grey.
0: Yeah, and she said she felt something close to panic. And I quote, I swear that was the moment he died. I think he was letting us know. Like, she was just going about her business, oh and then just all of a God. sudden felt this panic moment. Derek was very close to us, says his father, Dale, If there was any way he could have told us he was leaving, he would have tried. So what Doreen was feeling, but she didn't know yet, was that like literally five minutes after she kissed Derek, he Mm -hmm. was dead.
1: Holy fucking shit. So quickly.
0: Yeah. Derek's body was found hours later in a wooded vacant lot adjacent to the park. So, an autopsy revealed the following injuries. He had severe head injuries, uh, multiple fractures, and cerebral swelling and contusions. He had extensive tearing and bleeding of tissues in his chest. He had a perforation of the intestinal wall and pinpoint hemorrhages on the neck, face, and eyes, indicative of asphyxiation. The cause of death was determined to be blunt trauma to the head with wow. contributing asphyxia.
1: That's fucking horrible.
0: So over the course of the next several days, police interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. And that's many mm, of those witnesses more than once. I was gonna say,
1: that's more than half the town.
0: Yeah, literally. So Ugh. let's talk a little bit about Derek from what I've gathered online. Mm-hmm. So like I said, Derek was all boy. At four years old, he loved digging for worms, and his family recalls lovingly him lining them up on the back porch and saying, like, this one's mommy, this one's daddy, mm-hmm. this one's brothers, this one's baby, and he would give each worm a kiss.
1: Oh, my God. What an angel.
0: Oh, my God. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck the story. He dr- He d- tried everything that he, you know, dreamed about doing. Like, he loved swatting tea balls, mm-hmm. he loved cooking, he would help out mixing meatloaf, he would help dad unscrewing lug nuts off the car wheel, he would hoard hickory nuts in his coat pockets. Um, and as much of a boy as he was, said his father, he was very gentle with things.
1: You could just tell, like, this was a good kid, and he yeah. was adventurous and kind to the people around him, his family. Yeah. Just what a fucking goddamn waste and an actual tragedy. Just, just hearing the brutality of what he
0: faced. Mm-hmm. So Derek was remembered um, as being a ebullient, a precocious, and doted on all, by all who knew him. And like, all. you're going to see a photo of him in our Instagram post, which mm-hmm. you can go to at Murderotica podcast yes and we'll have photos of of Derek there for you to look at and yeah he was fucking cute adorable he was described as a ripper of a kid in short sleeves and suspenders with a mop of blonde hair and a mischievous grin
1: oh this sounds like a little badass
0: yeah now that that was a little short lived and I'm sorry everybody you know if you guys can find any more on him that maybe we can add in like an upcoming yeah. post share it with us you can message us on instagram at murderotica podcast or you could email us um murderotica podcast at gmail.com yeah there's no period or anything like, they don't need to add it in oh yeah you're right yeah, murderotica podcast at all of our infos in our show notes yes exactly thanks for reminding me <laughs> so let's get into the murder so police actually spoke with a young lad um, by the name of Eric Smith on the morning of Thursday, August 5th. When he and his mother walked into the police station to offer information that his mom thought might be helpful in the investigation that, like, Eric had revealed to his mom. He had stated that he had been in and out of the park three or four times that morning, but stated that he had not seen Derek. That same night um, investigators went back to the Smith home and interviewed him uh, and with the parent the permission of his parents who at this time like had no idea that Eric Smith was responsible <gasps> for the murder.
1: okay of Derek. so this sounds to me uh, let me pull up my armchair that a child's guilty conscience, He doesn't want to admit to what he did, but he wants to kind of tiptoe and let mom know that, oh, I didn't see him, but I was at the park. Yeah. I I didn't see anything, but, and then police will be like, oh, actually, that could be really helpful to us. Maybe he didn't see Derek, but maybe he saw a man in a trench coat hanging behind the trees. Anything that this kid remember, is remembering, or can remember, or can jog to his mind will be able to help us and solve this fucking horrible murder and guess what eric you just fucking told on yourself bitch so let's go
0: yeah i love that we both are doing the podcast because You know whenever you're it's like yeah like last night whenever we were recording Jesse Pomeroy's you know like there was a few things that I pointed out that you're like I didn't even even think about about that because when you're entrenched in all of the details and Mm -hmm. everything like that you're not necessarily thinking oh well what if like and it's like whenever I listen to true crime podcasts like I'm always just like holy fuck like
1: kind of pinning stuff together figuring out why that
0: they're doing what they're doing exactly so I love that you're able to kind of point those things out for me the investigators were there just to ask some follow-up questions because there were a few discrepancies in Smith's statement and those discrepancies were like based off of also testimony not testimony sorry but um, other eyewitnesses Mm -hmm. and their details so that was when Eric for the first time revealed that while he was riding that bike his bike back and forth from the park he had seen Derek walking on the opposite side of the the street near the murder scene.
1: Sometimes kids are really
0: bad at lying, like... Honestly, like, having five, well, five, six, seven nieces and nephews, Mm -hmm. basically, um, as a parent, it's it's not that hard. So the fact that he was able to lie to his mom, you know, kind of shows a little bit like, you know, I hate talking badly about a child. You know, we feel bad for whatever the child went through, but you know, The actions unfortunately are really inexcusable. inexcusable, But definitely if you keep pressing on a kid, it's just like investigating an adult and asking the same questions and just like, you know, you can tell in their face and stuff like that, and they'll start adding in little things. They'll be like Or changing things up. Like, did you take mommy's lipstick? And they're like, No, no, no. My friend's mom has a lipstick that's just like that though. And you're like, Whoa, Okay, so are you saying you have a lipstick like that? Like um, yeah my friend g- gave it to me for- yeah. from her mommy and like yes. you know what I mean and it just all of a sudden of- you
1: can see how it's starting to crumble so I can only imagine maybe Eric is comfortable lying to his mom he knows his mom but the second investigators and police have him in a situation where now he's in a he's got uh, I guess positions of power and authority in front of him that he wasn't expecting to have to face mm-hmm. so he might start shitting this yeah. fucking thing up
0: Yes, which is exactly almost what happens, kind of. <laughs>
1: Love that <laughs> you got a C minus.
0: Yeah, so like I said, he said that he did see Derek that morning and was actually able to describe his clothing and lunch bag in close detail, which is a little bit confusing considering that the police um, had him perform. A vision examination because Eric wore glasses, oh. right? Had bad vision, yeah. And his glasses had been broken several weeks earlier, and he didn't have his glasses on at the time.
1: Oh, fuck! So it's like how are you gonna see his lunch bag from a block away? You said you're just driving yeah. past a couple times.
0: Exactly. So the officer became very skeptical, um, because like of how he could see so much detail from across the street. He then became very emotional and blurted out, you think I killed him, don't you? To which police responded, no. And when the police asked Eric if he'd seen anything else, anybody around or whatnot, he said, quote, I'm not the type of person that would kill, hurt, or sexually molest anyone.
1: Um, so yeah, uh, you just, again, told on yourself, sir.
0: It's like the, you know, whenever they say, um, they whenever they're getting a confession from yeah. somebody, they want those details that aren't known yet. Known to the
1: public, exactly. Nobody,
0: they just literally found the I body. I didn't
1: strangle and cause abrasions to his stomach and head, if that's what you're asking me. I didn't do the specific thing that you guys found during the autopsy.
0: Exactly. And the thing is, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, Eric was 13. And just even using kind of that language mm-hmm. to explain something it's just very like mature yeah and very much something maybe you would hear from an adult yeah that's um you know i mean the word molestation
1: this. i don't think was super in my vocabulary it's like a young teen so mm-hmm. i did not sexually molest him if that is what you are implying you <laughs> yes, know sir sir
0: exactly sir and madam so, two days after Derek was laid to rest, uh, Eric confessed in, with tears the crime to his family. Wow. And they now had the heartbreaking responsibility of turning their child over to the police, which, good on them. Good on them.
1: That's a hard choice. Some people go the other fucking way, so...
0: Just try and hide it, but it's like, you would hope that as a parent... You would understand having another parent not knowing mm-hmm. what happened to their child and that oh, person yeah. being held responsible oh, yeah. for it and accountable.
1: Well, good for them. I could only imagine how much pain that
0: they were in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a lot of quotes here and from, like, the parents and the family and the police, Mm -hmm. and I'm just letting you guys know ahead of time that I will be citing all of my sources for all of my research in the show notes that you can check out later. Eric said, I'm sorry, Mom. I killed that boy. He told his family and the police that he had no idea why he did what he did. He stated that Derek was on his way down... This dead end street to the park, where both he and Smith participated in a summer program.
1: Oh, so he knew him too. I guess yes, the whole town did. Different activities. Yeah, yeah.
0: He said that on his way there, he, um, Derek, he he met Derek, and who was an acquaintance because mm-hmm. I mean it is a small town, and said, "Hey, kid," he remembers calling out, um, which in turn Derek turned around. And at that point, Smith told the jury at his trial, he knew I wanted to take him someplace and hurt him.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Smith then asked Derek if he wanted to go to the program um, and take a shortcut to get there. Oh, God, the fucking shortcut! And Derek said that he wasn't supposed to.
1: Derek. I know oh no it's already ingrained in him to be careful you could and that's when you know that you have a really loving mom or dad or caretaker whoever is you know responsible of you when they're teaching you those lessons like don't talk to anybody you don't know don't go with anybody you don't know because they love you and they want you to be protected but still have your freedom Yes, that you can go out and have your little gallivanting but like don't follow and don't get in the car don't oh it's just so
0: heartbreaking exactly and just like not to remind everybody but this was his first time mm-hmm. you know and he was just trying to follow the rules and whenever i think of the 90s like i don't know if it's 100 percent that time but i always remember it as the stranger danger time yeah i feel like the
1: white van baby like i i remember grade one i don't know what year that would have been but 90s for sure and we had to watch, like, a video with, like, puppets and people yeah, talking. Yeah, Stranger Danger. Yeah. And, like,
0: you have those colors. Like, if you know somebody um and they're within your family they're
2: mm-hmm. green and yes. blue
0: and if they're like an acquaintance they're yellow. yellow and if they're um somebody who says they like know you or they're like a a person who works at a store near yeah. you they're orange and if it's something I you don't know they're red they're
1: red and if they give you the icky feeling and the whole bathing suit they area thing yes the, the whole that. bathing suit like you don't let anybody touch you on your bathing suit area that's like you know like mm-hmm. that was the fucking rule i'm like well okay like Okay. that sounds good to me
0: exactly and i remember playing i had my mom had like a board game and it was based off of those stay alert stay safe <gasps> hi i'm gert and this, and is, this is my, my brother, brother Bert, bert and, and bert, we're here to help you stay alert, alert and stay, stay safe. safe exactly i yeah. could like say the whole commercial yeah. right now. but if you guys don't know that go just look up on youtube uh stay alert stay safe oh. gert and bert oh those are the two little rabbits with the roller skates
1: slapped and they taught me so much I remember like we were going through some a little while back I'm like I remember the one where she's like I'm gonna take a shortcut after the movie theater and then They're like, this is what you're not supposed to do.
0: And And then the friends come up, we're like, we
1: should stay together. And they're like, that's what you do. Come on, guys.
0: Yeah. Or the person calling and being like, hi, can I speak to your mom and dad? And they're like, oh, they're not available right now. He's like, are you home alone? No, my parents would never do that, sir. I'll have them call you back as soon as they can. Yeah, exactly. And then there was one, and I don't think we looked at that day, where like somebody's knocking on on the the door. door. Yeah. Ah. Maybe
1: I invented that in my brain. (laughs) I don't
0: know. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, exactly. So I remember being so afraid of adults when I was a kid.
1: Terrified. Too bad
0: they weren't teaching us also to be afraid of fucking children. That's
1: exactly it. You Uh don't suspect somebody who's, you know, not close to your age, but a kid
0: just like you. A kid just like you is supposed to be a friend. Who you see at your program. Yeah. All the time. So Eric assured Derek saying, it's okay, I'm right here. which then he got off his bicycle and led Derek through a wooded vacant lot that was adjacent to the park. Oh, my God. I can't imagine how I could ever have saved my son from another child, Derek's mother told a U.S. Congressional Committee looking at child violence. Derek knew all about stranger danger, (gasps) but this boy was someone Derek knew and played with at recreation and trusted to an extent. So there... In this supposedly safe New York village of Savona, Smith strangled Derek. He then dropped a pair of large rocks on the boy's head. What the fuck? And after Derek was dead, he undressed his body and sodomized the child with a tree limb.
1: What the fuck? What the fuck?
0: Eric then opened the lunch bag that Derek had with him.
1: Oh, that's why he knew how to describe it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And stuffed a sandwich bag down the boy's throat. Oh, my God. He then poured the boy's red Kool-Aid from his thermos into his wounds before trying to poke him in the eyes and chest.
1: At that point, it sounds like he's literally scientifically experimenting Uh with the boy's body.
0: Yeah. So, based off of what Eric told investigators, Derek's will to live was very strong. When Smith began choking him, Derek screamed and began to kick and throw punches. But after less than a minute, he had stopped fighting, and Eric assumed he was dead. When Eric let go of the boy, Derek began gasping for air, and it was then when he had stuffed the sandwich bag in his mouth. Uh,
1: 13... I mean, I guess you're old enough to realize air equals life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, well, maybe because of the screaming. Because of the, oh, yeah, maybe to keep him quiet. He was, I was thinking more as he's strategically trying to get him to stop breathing because he doesn't realize that choking someone can can take quite some time.
0: Yes, exactly. And you
1: have to be strong.
0: Yeah. So at that point, Derek bit Eric's finger. Oh. And Eric then picked up a 24-pound rock. That's fucking heavy.
1: That's heavy. 24 pounds. I have trouble picking up the How much 30 does, does your weight. cat weigh?
0: How much does Haggis like, weigh? It's fucking 13 pounds. So, like, almost two Haggis. That's heavy. Yeah. Almost two Dennis's. Two Dennis's. Dennis is what we call Haggis. Yeah, it's close. You'll learn every name for Dennis. You, we don't have enough episodes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm stressed out right now. So, Eric picked up a 24-pound rock and smashed the boy's head 12 times, which finally killed him.
1: 12 times? We're talking about picking... Okay, I'd have trouble picking up a 23-pound rock once. Holy fuck. That takes a lot of gusto and and want. Mm -hmm. And that makes me very, very terrified about the strength of this 13-year-old boy.
0: Yeah. He told police that he wanted to double... So, sorry... Over the next few hours, Eric actually, like, left and came back several times. Oh, that's gross. He moved the body to a less visible area under a pile of rocks near um, a copse of trees. Oh, my God. Didn't we say cops in one of our other episodes yes. recently? I think it was one of our last eroticas.
1: It was one of the last eroticas. And mm-hmm. we just learned it's actually a bushel of trees.
0: Yeah. So he hit him on a, uh, near a less visible pile of rocks beneath a copse of trees. He told police that he, quote, wanted to double-triple-check to make sure that the victim was dead. Well, he didn't say the victim was dead, but, you know, double-triple-check. Mm-hmm. I was worried if he wasn't there, he might say something. However, I figured if he's dead, and I believed he was, I won't have to worry about anything.
1: That's so strange, the paranoia of, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm just going to keep checking the body. Yeah. And moving it and shuffling it around.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if I say this again in my notes, so while I'm remembering this, I'm just going to say this now. I do remember reading somewhere that one of the reasons that he put the stick in Derek's um, rectum rectum was he wanted to make sure he was dead. Oh, to make sure he wasn't going to react? Maybe. I mean,
1: you can poke him in the arm with it, I think that the whole sodomy part is a sexual thing, maybe. It
0: could be. And also, too, though, thinking, like, he was poking him in the chest. He Mm -hmm. was poking him in the eye. Yeah, that's true. He shoved something down his mouth. Maybe he was just trying to get into any hole that he thought organs were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: it's true. Mm -hmm. This is so fucking grim. And I was trying to be like, okay, well... Why would he do this? I don't know. Let's try and find a
0: reason. We'll get to find out a little bit more, actually, because we're going to jump into Eric's childhood very Mm -hmm. shortly. So this is the last little bit um, about the murder um, of what Eric told the authorities. He told them he was able to sleep normally and otherwise carry on with daily activities as though nothing had happened. He stated that he wiped blood from his hands and made certain bloody clothing, went into the laundry at home the same day.
1: So he was calculated. He was careful. He knew what was going to get him in
0: trouble, Exactly. So let's jump into Eric and his childhood. Eric M. Smith, who was born on January 22nd, 1980. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking. I'm like, mm, j- uh, he's a Aquarius? Because my brother's like an Aquarius and his birthday's February 1st.
1: Yeah, cusping. Is that it's on the
0: 22nd?
1: Cusp- yeah, uh, so Capricorn.
0: And Aquarius. Yeah,
1: Capricorn, Aquarius, right on the
0: cutoff date. Yeah, he's a cusper. He was born, yeah, so January 22nd, 1980s, in Subin County, New York. Eric enjoyed spending time with his grandparents, Red and Edie Wilson. What a cute name. Edie and Red. Like, can you find any more wholesome grandparent (laughs) fucking names? Edie and Red. Red said, quote, he would always come in and give us hugs and kisses. He liked being a clown. Eric lived on the other side of town than Derek, and he was a 13-year-old with glasses and a mask of freckles who played drums in the school band. He rode his bike everywhere and he had an infectious cackle of a laugh. Everything that Eric had done before was was basically, like, just some of his activities, some of the things that he was into were considered quirky Mm -hmm. by those who knew him. But now you know, some of those things that made him quirky look like red flags. Look like red flags Ooh. when we were would look back on it. Yeah, and it's like that thing I thought was significant now. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. Let's see what his quirks were. Mm-hmm.
0: So he we watched a lot of television. Hello, nineties latchkey kids. Mm-hmm. I know what's up. But you know, again, that's what we were doing. Like that's when cable and satellite dishes were like popping up everywhere, and, and shows you can have were dozens good. of channels. Like we had. YTV, yeah, like TVO, Nickelodeon, everything, all the good shit, MTV, yeah, which, again, he loved Beavis and ButtHead,
1: yeah,
0: it, I did too, <laughs> yeah, which, is a sh- one of those shows that some parents wouldn't let you watch. Exactly, it's true, you know. But I mean, that was very much more potty humor. And my parents um, let me watch anything I wanted. Yeah, me too. I watched *The Adventures Head* and *The Simpsons*. *The
1: Simpsons*—they let me stay up late. I'd watch *Tales from the Crypt*
0: at midnight on yes, yeah. Channel
1: like 15 or whatever yeah. it was. Showcase, whatever was on, like *Ghostbombs*.
0: Are you afraid of the dark? But those all were children the, yeah, shows, but true. still. Yeah, I remember like listening to like *Loud* or *Under Two Punk*.
1: Yeah, *Under Two Punk* before school, like yeah. every day. Yeah, it would start at like eight, like end at eight fifteen, and then you'd be off to school.
0: Yeah. Whenever I was like turning 10, I was just like listening to fucking corn and like yeah. Lamb of God. No, that's or true. That's true. Uh, anyways, so. We didn't kill anybody, though. We didn't kill anybody. Um, so, like I said, he loved Beavis and Butthead, and he actually, like his some of his friends at school, which he had very little of, which we'll learn more after, okay. um, remember him often mimicking the trademark Beavis and Butthead exclamation of, ha, 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 that's cool.
1: Okay, so he's, like, building his little personality Mm -hmm. from what he was seeing on TV.
0: Yeah, and, like, let's go to, like, a polar opposite. He idolized Garth Brooks. The well-dressed, squeaky clean, kind of conservative, I'm guessing. Eh. Um, Country music star. Friends in low places. Mm -hmm. He was considered, like, I definitely relate with this. Like, I wasn't held back or anything which eric was but he was considered like a bright underachiever Mm -hmm. i was actually like an overachiever yeah but definitely i think i was lucky in grade school with certain teachers that i had that put me in like special classes for like being really good at spelling and Mm -hmm. grammar and things like Mm -hmm. that like i was in above classes Mm -hmm. which definitely made me want to work harder because i think especially like having like adhd which at the time was very much undiagnosed and you know Anxiety and whatnot from my own upbringing and my own um, environment around me, I definitely, like, you know, if I wasn't interested in something, then I really wouldn't pay attention to or apply myself. But, like, things, like, I fucking loved reading, which you are going to find out, Eric does, and he read all the fucking same shit that I was reading. Oh, my God,
1: that's crazy. I don't know what it was with me, but I literally in school would just be so... Like, if you aren't telling me what to do, I don't know what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I remember in, what was it, like, grade one, I got in trouble because I couldn't pay attention to, like, some story the, uh, the woman is reading, and I started, like, rubbing the page in this, like, expensive storybook that we get handed out during class. And, like, rubbing a hole right through some of the pages. Like, I was... You're Eric. I was red flags.
0: No, sorry. That's not funny, but... No. no
1: Yeah. No, I was literally... I'm red flags. I would, like, destroy property without even realizing what I was doing, so... Yeah. Oops. I'm fine now, though. Yeah. But, I mean, when I was younger, I just didn't know. Like, I was just bored. But people are like, why are you, like... Do you do this at home? I'm like, kind of.
0: And, I mean, I've... In the past, like, in, in our other episodes and stuff like that, like, I haven't really, like went too much into my own personal like Mm -hmm. history and stuff like that but like I grew up with like a sibling who's now diagnosed as schizophrenic and bipolar and at the time like oh my god like the things that my brother was doing Mm -hmm. you know like I remember whenever I was young him you know, getting grounded in him telling my mom he was going to burn the house down yeah. then, and then, like, purposely putting a huge burn mark on his wall while he was in his room to, like, show my mom that like He's he not could. joking. Or, yeah. like, saying, like, I'm going to just take all these pills and kill myself and swallowing a ball of towel yeah. in front of my yeah. mom while she's, like, sitting there trying to, like, yeah. make him throw it up yeah. and stuff like that, you know? I can see why you got into social work to be like, I want to help. Exactly. I was definitely, like, the kid who was just, like watching mm-hmm. and I was aware of everything and but I think that I was like I didn't want my family to know that I was and I didn't like because I felt bad because I knew even like at a young age that like this was really fucked up so there was a lot of pressure to be like really good oh, and yeah. like s- just sit back and like you know just try and be a good kid so anyways I like Eric was really interested in reading
2: mm-hmm
0: Um, He took books out of the libraries that some people thought were weird and morbid. Things like Christopher Pike. I have Christopher Pike books. Like, at my dad's house, he's got, like, a couple boxes of some of my books. If I wasn't reading Archie comics, I was reading, like, fucking Chainsaw Massacre Murder. I was, like, eight years old, sitting in my bed, just, like, reading Stephen King, which Eric was also a huge fan of. Mm
1: -hmm. It's almost like when you do tap into that dark part of life like you do you find the media that reflects that mm-hmm. doesn't always mean you're going to do something fucked up no. but you do find that little corner of the world
0: yeah and i mean in some of these articles that i took these from there was descriptions of like christopher pipe paperbacks being like depicting bloody violence directed at and by kids like I think that the media is a little throwing this around. Mm-hmm. Some of these articles I found were from the 90s. Yeah. So he was listening to Marilyn Manson. So oh he God. had to... Yeah. I mean, now we know a little bit yeah. better about Marilyn yeah. Manson, who's a piece of shit. Absolutely. But if you don't know that, Google it, please. Um, so like I said, he also read Stephen King books back to back. By his own admission, he was also friendless. And he had an easier time getting along with like adults and... Um, but mainly adults outside mm-hmm. of his family. Mm-hmm.
1: So he does maybe have, like, a bit of, like, an old soul in him, I guess, is Uh the best way to put it, when you don't get along with kids, but adults are a jam, I guess.
0: Exactly. And again, here we have one of the articles saying, Stephen King books back-to-back dealing with children, violence, and pets. Which, I mean, I can't say that that isn't true. (laughs) All of his stories are about children and violence and dead animals in a cemetery with an S. Okay. Now, before we move any further with this case, we wanted to share a little promo from our friends over at PNW and Haunts and Homicides. They are giving you the Pacific Northwest's most scary, creepy haunts and morbid and detailed true crime cases.
2: So here's a little from them hey creepy people this is p and and homicides i'm caitlin and i'm cassie together we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the pacific northwest we're just two normal-ish friends who wanted more creepy local stories our episodes start with a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on each topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations Come join us. We've got plenty of wine, laughs, and stories to share. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous as well as lesser known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13 and Forest Park. As well as our spooky stories from Pike Place in the Oregon Vortex on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and many more. For all of you that are listening, if you have any true crime or paranormal stories that you want us to share... Email us at homicides at gmail.com. Have, Have a, a creepy, creepy ass, ass day. day!
0: Still so stoked to check out Tunnel 13, but until then, on with the child murderers. So... There was one act that happened mm-hmm. that kind of really pushed him outside of the bounds of just, like, a normal morbid curiosity and reading books and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, just a little creepy kid. Yeah, which, trigger warning, right now, animals. Oh, Millie's favorite part. Mm-hmm. So four years pr- prior to this, he had strangled a neighbor's cat. <sighs> he had slipped a laundry hose clamp a metal one, which I also read in another that he had just used a hose, so we don't know. I don't know exactly, so I'm just gonna give you both. Um, over the head of Sammy, a no. Siamese seal point cat, and tighten it around the animal's neck until it died.
1: That's so fucking horrible. That is... Ugh, I hate it.
0: hmm His father came out of the house and booted Eric so hard in the butt it lifted him up off the ground, said the neighbor, Archie LeBron, 83 who was a retired glass blower.
1: Archie, I yeah. mean, did you see him do this to the cat? We couldn't have stepped in, broken yeah. it up? Like, well, I fuck? was
0: damn mad and excited, recalled Mr. LeBaron, who lived alone with three cats and two dogs next door to the Smith's oh, house. no. A child doesn't get himself into the frame of mind of killing a cat that way unless he spent a lot of time thinking about it. But... Mr. LeBaron, who's a better person than me, um, his anger subsided when Eric came by a few days later and apologized and offered to do some chores around the house for him.
1: I'm sorry I killed your beautiful... I would never let I you pin it. near
0: my other fucking animals. I'd be like, get away from my house. Like, I'd be putting, like, an electric fence around. Legitimately. I'd have snipers. Yeah, I'd situated. be hiring...
1: Honestly, hired guns. 100%. Tripwire. I would become a, a freaky, freaky person.
0: Mm-hmm. And then... Another incident, two years later, one of Eric's classmates died in a car accident. He then, um, on a few occasions, called the family home, uh, asking to speak with him. Dude. Bringing me back Mary Bell vibes. Oh my god. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, can I play with your child? Mary Bell... You guys don't know because since we've merged from This Is Trash to Murderotica, mm-hmm. we've um, archived all of our old posts, but we do keep all of our old true crimes mm-hmm. and erotic stories to use in the future if ever something were to happen and we can't record and just maybe for a fun little just bonus a fun episode. fun little bonus. So maybe you'll get to hear about that one day, but Mary Bell and then I also think of um, who else was I thinking of earlier? Mary Bell did that and then oh um there was another murder i remember listening to on a true crime, crime podcast and i can't remember exactly who it was but it was like a a girl had been being stalked mm-hmm. and getting like these weird messages and yeah. stuff like that and the m- murderer or whatnot kept calling the house and being like oh she's with me like now, yeah. blah 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 and this and that and then would call the house and just like asked to like speak with her and like yeah. fuck with the family Yeah.
1: even though she was gone that's so insane yeah
0: exactly um so there's a few other little points in here that you know people trying to armchair expert like what happened so um uh, it was said that while uh eric's mother was pregnant she was on some medications that some experts believe might have had an impact on his development okay However, um, some of his other psychological experts denied that the drug would be directly responsible Mm -hmm. for... to that specific crime, but I mean, maybe the medication Mixed had some with, effects yeah. on the kid, but like they're saying, well, that doesn't make it that he maybe it would make him predisposed. Okay. Like, in my opinion, maybe yeah. it affects his frontal lobe
1: totally. Develop That's it. our number one go to. I'm like, when does the good, like, the empathy button that we have in the front of our head that when you hit it, sometimes things go mm-hmm. fucking south. Maybe maybe it stopped it from fully developing. Maybe yeah. there was some damage there. I wish
0: I knew what drug it was. Um, they also say the drug was linked uh, to his physical appearance and characteristics. So we'll have a photo of him also in the Instagram post. You can also follow us on Twitter where we share our Instagram posts. So even if you don't have Instagram, you can kind of like check it out yeah quickly. if we don't
1: use instagram then that's the best way to do it
0: yeah um so we'll be sure to share that on there as well at murderotica pod pod that's right um as a toddler eric also threw tantrums and banged his head on the floor
1: frontal lobe mm-hmm. if it wasn't hurt from the medication the floor head banging
0: maybe yeah and i mean haven't worked in the developmental service field mm-hmm. with individuals with um, intellectual and developmental delays and disabilities. Um, I've worked with a lot of clients mm-hmm. that headbang mm-hmm. and like hit their head and yeah it's it's a, it's a real thing. I've had clients who straight up just had like permanent scars on their yeah, heads. Yeah. From, that was just something that they felt called to. Some clients I even had enjoyed the sensation from it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, When Eric began school, um, he wasn't very popular. He received a lot of bullying and started to learn that school was not a fun place. He apparently, I don't like to say he had them, but he apparently had deformed ears Thick glasses and mm-hmm. a speech impediment, which made him a huge target for class bullies and all sorts of teasing.
1: And you empathize with this, of course, exactly. but again, like, fuck, you can't kill somebody because your feelings are hurt.
0: Yeah, he had bright red hair, and I'm just thinking back. I'm like, how old is South Park? And I'm like thinking back to those like ginger episodes. Like, <gasps> right? oh my god, can I you imagine if really it was coming mean, out yes, at the same time at as that? Because fuck. fuck, South Park's old. Yeah. Um, So his bright red hair and freckles um, invited all sorts of bullies to use those um, attributes to make fun of him.
1: Well, if the bullies stuck around in science class, you'd just learn about recessive alleles and how ginger hair and freckles, they're recessive, so they're going to be more rare. It usually takes... It
0: um, actually yeah, makes you more special, and they say special. that it's gonna be gone in like so many totally, years. Totally,
1: because the dominance of darker features. Like, hi, I didn't get my mom's blonde hair, or green eyes. No, well, you're like I Greek. am.
0: <laughs> you got all the grease
1: dominant, soul, especially <laughs> the dark circles under my eyes. Thanks, Dad
0: yeah totally i mean i dye my hair red because i love red hair so much and i mean a lot of redheads are actually like sought after a lot of people are like i like redheads fiery redheads totally yeah so awesome and it's
1: special and it's i wish that
0: we could have told eric that before he like killed the cat
1: yeah oh yeah i want to fix it or trying to stop the bad thing from happening and i just wish he had a good life you know and
0: didn't have to hurt anybody And, uh, you know, the children that did know him also acknowledged that he didn't have, like, any friends. He'd come home often on the bus crying, his mother told the jury at his trial. They would keep picking at him, throwing things at him, no matter what he said or did. Um, His stepfather, so I'm thinking whenever he got his swift kick in the ass, they actually meant his stepfather, admitted having a hot temper and said they kept picking on him no matter what he said or did. He also testified of his own contribution to Eric's lack of self-esteem. Oh, wow. Well, for quite a few years, I had a little hot temper myself, he admitted. Took it out on him. There's a lot of things I said. Kick their butt up over their shoulders, sick and tired of their crack, sick and tired of you. Swat them upside the head. So his parents' way of helping them was definitely not, like, the best way of dealing with it. No,
1: physical reprimanding your child is just, Mm -hmm. it's, you're not going to, you're not going to learn anything other than to be afraid of you. Yeah.
0: I just told him that he has to learn to stick up for himself, his mother testified. I'm sorry, the double entendre there. I just, actually, my 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 eyes just
1: bulged open. I saw that.
0: (laughs) So, Smith said that he was bullied by the older children at school and also by his father and his two older sisters. He admitted to taking his rage out on on Derek. Okay. So, he killed him. Smith said that he, like I said before, sodomized uh, Derek with mm-hmm. a stick in order to ensure his death. That makes sense. It's horrible, but I understand. hmm So, as we're going to learn a little bit more, um, Eric has and we're gonna learn he does end up going to jail Mm -hmm. okay so during one of his parole hearings eric discussed what all of this bullying did to him so these are quotes directly from eric after quite a few years of verbal abuse and having been told that i'm nothing i shut down my feelings so i wouldn't feel the emotional pain which made me vulnerable and weak he told the board but the damage was done i began to believe that i was nothing and a nobody and my outlook on life was dark I felt that when I went to school I was going to hell because that's what it was for me. It was hell. His first targets for revenge were animals, like we said. He mm-hmm. strangled a neighbor's cat. He drowned birds he caught and shot at dogs with BB guns. I could totally just see the like BB gun thing, like definitely. Yeah. Definitely new young boys who fucking shot BB guns at and things. Squirrels. Makes and me shit, think of yeah. that Simpsons episode where like Bart's hanging out with um with uh oh my god, um the bully's name? Nelson. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with Nelson Muntz and uh, his little crew, like Jimbo yeah. and shit like that. And they are like, shoot the bird, like, you know? And then he shot it and, like, killed the mom and there was, like, little baby birds. Yeah. And he, like, started crying and feeling so bad. And he, like, was taking the baby birds yeah. home and, like, oh my god. Anyways. So the years of bullying produced a young man who suffered from intermittent explosive disorder, which is what... He was later um, diagnosed as having, which is an impulse control disorder that if if that it implies result in an inability to rein in one's angry emotional responses. Some research has shown that a brain chemical called serotonin plays a role in causing or enhancing this disorder. So after he was arrested, he was subjected to extensive psychiatric testing. He had been diagnosed previously with ADHD which if you don't know, is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, as well as moderate learning disabilities. But the test revealed nothing in regards to like brain abnormalities that Mm -hmm. are normally linked to violent behavior. All right, so we're gonna go a little bit and I don't have too much on the trial. And I mean, the transcripts and stuff like that are out there for you to learn and I mean, let's be honest, when we all watch true crime documentaries, sometimes a trial can be really riveting mm-hmm. if we're not sure if they did it necessarily. Yes, but whenever yeah. we already know, it's not that...
1: They've already told... They've, we've already talked about the evidence that we have. So, going yeah. to trial, you're going to get a lot of psychologists. You're going to get a lot of... Yeah. Just, like, everybody kind of throwing back and forth if uh, what he did is attributed to another thing. Mm-hmm. Is he guilty... Is he not? Is he temporary or legally considered insane or whatever? Is he considered competent? Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, like I had said, it was actually the defense's psychiatrist who had diagnosed him with intermittent explosive disorder. But the prosecution's expert said it was a rare disorder that was rarely seen at his age. Mm -hmm. So, that was their argument. He was... had all sorts of medical testing, like I mentioned before from specialists on both sides. Um, they examined his brain function, hormone levels, and really didn't find anything that could explain his violent behavior. Mm -hmm. So on August 16th, 1994, like pretty much almost a year exactly from, um, the murder of Derek Smith was convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to a maximum term, then available for juvenile murderers, a minimum of nine years to life in prison.
1: Nine to life is a big jump.
0: Yes. I believe he was tried as an adult. Okay. Yeah. The defense definitely argued for and like plead for leniency. But Steuben County Judge Donald G. Purple. I love that last name. I want to be purple. Imposed the maximum term for Eric's second degree murder.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this case received what? spread publicity of course Derek's parents Dale and Doreen Robbie smiled at the verdict while Eric's mother Tammy wept we got what we came for um, Dale and Doreen said afterwards before sentencing Robbie read an emotional statement so like this is like um, the uh, one of the parents um, read an emotional statement describing the impact of the preschoolers death on the Robbie family In a halting voice, he, sorry, so it was dad, Mm -hmm. Dale Robbie, described his toe-headed first son as energetic, intelligent, loving, caring, and full of life. Derek did not deserve to leave the world the way he did, Robbie declared. He said his son had so many firsts to look forward to. After the proceedings, a smiling Robbie said, my job was to talk about Derek. Today was to talk about Derek, which we hadn't had a chance to do yet. Oh, wow. Wow. In urging Purple to hand down the maximum term, Steuben County District Attorney John C. Tooney um, noted that the jury jurors in the trial had rejected the defense's argument that Eric had killed Derek out of an uncontrollable rage. So, basically, the jury was not looking at it as, like...
1: As this is a, could be a medical thing.
0: Yeah, or it was just, like, a random uncontrollable mm-hmm. moment. Like, rather, they say, like... It was a calculated Mm -hmm. undertaking. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Eric, quote, would not have killed if people would have been around witnesses. Like I said earlier, remember, about, like, they say the insanity plea and things like that. And if you're competent, like, if you would, you have been willing to do it if, like, somebody was around to see it.
1: That's a 100% fucking true. And he actually went above and beyond to make sure that. Derek wasn't secretly alive to tell on him and get him in trouble. He knew what he did was wrong, mm-hmm. and he moved him to a, a hidden place.
0: Yeah, and came know? back several and times then came to back s- make sure he was dead.
1: Exactly. Didn't yeah. go and call for help or anything. He just kept trying to hide and check and hide and check. Yeah. Oh, what a fucking
0: travesty. Mm-hmm. So the jury decided that Eric would be tried as an adult and was mentally competent and belongs in prison and not a mental institution. Wow. Um, the prison term, uh, like, the undetermined length of it would, quote, keep the pressure on Eric to take full advantage of treatment possibilities. Okay. So when you do get temporary insanity or whatnot, Mm -hmm. you are sent to a medical facility, which he was not. And, but that's the thing, like, a lot of times, like, for example, my brother, there's been times that he's been arrested, which has really, like, fucked up his life, Mm -hmm. because a lot of... The things that he was put in prison for were definitely directly contributed yes. to his medical, like his mental health yes. disorders, like literally being in manic states and like hallucinating mm-hmm.
1: and
0: and whatnot. Prison's not but, going to
1: help you, and you don't have anybody at the prison to help that. Well, the at reason
0: all. why people choose mm-hmm. to go to prison instead of going the route of their mental health issues is when you go to jail like your your attorney will say they'll only give you five months but if you get sent to a medical facility you don't have a time limit yeah there isn't one yeah so you could be in there for, for years. fucking ever yeah so that's what i think they're trying to say okay. of the reason why it's nine years to life because if he would have been put in a medical like they would have determined like okay this is the amount of time so they're giving him the option to have as much time as as they deem mm-hmm, is necessary mm-hmm. for him to get as much treatment okay. as they can i understand you now yeah makes sense. because maybe an, a child would have only gotten like if he was um tried as a kid mm-hmm. maybe he would have got 15 years yeah you know what i mean exactly period but yes, he was like nine years to, to life, life yeah. based off of how you progress yeah right um so toonie who um, was the county district attorney, said that he felt Eric fit the def- definition of a criminal sociopath. Um, the defense attorney, Kevin P. Bradley, kept trying to urge Purple to you know, impose a lesser sentence that would ensure that he would remain in a juvenile detention until his 21st birthday. However, he only remained in juvenile facilities until the age of 18 in which he was transferred to an adult prison while in jail eric wrote an apology letter to the robbie's family and he read it on public television so they they brought tv cameras to the jail i guess so he said, I know my actions have caused a terrible loss in the Robbie family, and for that, I am truly sorry. I've tried to think as much as possible about what Derek will never experience. His 16th birthday, Christmas, any anytime, owning his own house, graduating, going to college, getting married, his first child. If I could go back in time, I would switch places with Derek and endure all the pain I've caused him. If it meant that he would go on living, I'd switch places, but I can't the end of his statement Smith states that he cannot bear the thought of walls razor wire and steel metal bars for the rest of his life he also apologized to Derek Robbie in interviews wow. so that was like while he was like still a child mm-hmm. so like we said um he was in a juvenile facility for three years and then transferred to a prison for young adults and then in 2001 he was transferred to Clinton Correctional Facility in Dan Mora new york which was a maximum security prison so up until um as of last year Mm -hmm. uh, eric remained in prison he had many failed parole hearings and i'm just gonna kind of skip through all of that Mm -hmm. stuff he was in jail like we said he did many interviews where he apologized and whatnot um the Robbie family throughout all of this continued to advocate for him not, not being never released. released yeah. um, the community as well, you know, they still remember Derek to this day, and still, like, I mean, in a small community like that, you know, it's You're something never that shapes you. Little boy. Exactly. Never. But um, as of most recently, he had a reading, um, in which he was granted parole oh shit and so that was in october 2021 he was granted parole after 27 years of incarceration and he was scheduled to be released on november 17th 2021
1: no fucking way
0: yeah just a few months months ago ago. hi
1: we're barely into 2022 here
0: yeah so what happened during his parole board meeting Um, When asked by the board why he abused and killed Robbie, Smith replied, quote, a lot of contributing factors led up to it and he didn't do anything to deserve it. No one deserves that type of violence. At the time, I was holding a lot of anger and unresolved issues with a lot of individuals that I lashed out on. Robbie and I, like Robbie, like a last name, Mm -hmm. uh, and I just... And I displaced my anger that was unresolved with other individuals on him. Okay, what about the cats? It should have never happened. As to why, after years of reflection, looking at who I was then and what was going on, I essentially became the bully that I disliked in everything else in my life. I was constantly being targeted for being weaker, smaller, and I became the bully towards him, and he didn't deserve it. Eric also said he did not know uh, Derek or his family, But when he saw the four-year-old, the first thought I had was I want to hurt him. If they were sitting in front of me right now, I would say that I'm sorry. And even though that would almost cause them more emotional pain because sorry is not bringing him back, But other than saying I'm sorry, expressing to them, this is the only thing that I can think of to say to them in terms of the fact that I did take Derek away from them. I would try to convey to them that I understand the reasons why I ended up hurting their son and essentially killing him in hopes that they individually (laughs) or as a family could understand. Can I just pause for a second?
1: I hurt him and essentially killed him. You did so much fucked up shit. Like, I understand he was young and maybe didn't get it, and with the bag in the throat and whatever, but bashing somebody in the head with a 23 pound rock 10 times isn't hurting them, which essentially killed them. Like, that you decimated that four year old boy's body.
0: Yeah. I have a hard time with like some of these, um, you know, messages to the family from like the perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they kind of try to explain themselves, because it like makes it's it worse. it's like any apologize any any apology, yeah. Like there shouldn't be any like buts, if and or buts about it. Like there's you should no just guess. like if I was apologizing for saying, doing something like that. Not that I've ever had to be in that fucking situation, of and never no. will.
1: Hypothetically, hypothetically, speaking. I'd be
0: like, there's absolutely nothing I can say to the Robbie family. To make things better, what I did is absolutely mm-hmm. despicable, and there's absolutely no reason. No matter how much bullying or teasing or anything that ever fucking happened yeah. to me, there's no excuse, and I deserve exactly what I, well, got. What I got.
1: And I'm hoping if I'm now, given a yeah. chance,
0: yes. you know, I want to make up for it as much as I can yes. within the community, like yes. something like that, you know. Not,
1: but, 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 and this and this is like we understand that a bunch of shit happened to you that caused you to lash out in a way that's horrible. Somebody it's, sad. it's sad. But you did what you did. Fucking admit it.
0: Yeah. So I'm not that same person. And while that in itself doesn't take away their anguish and pain, I would hope to convey to them that while I am remorseful, I realize the depths to some extent because I can't really fully understand the depth of how his mom feels. I can near fully understand the depth of how his father feels. Okay. But I can do the best to express to them the insight that i've gained in hopes that at some point they can get to a point where they feel comfortable to say for themselves i forgive you even though i don't deserve that oh don't! there are some parents out there that've done that they do
1: that on their own volition they don't have the killer saying i hope they get to one point of their life that they could forgive me honey you're asking way more than you should be I hope that they can just, you know.
0: Feel comfortable, one day to say. I can't, I forgive you. I
1: don't feel the depths of his mother, but I feel the depths of the deep of his father. And if I know the depths of the deep of how he feels, then I think that
0: they should deeply forgive me, is yeah. what that just said to me. Exactly. So I'm not, I did have in my notes, which will be in the sources um, that we'll share in our show notes, the reasoning behind the parole boards. Um, like releasing him
1: sorry is he out right now
0: we'll get to that okay so yeah there is like a an actual release of you know why there are some conditions that i'll read out really quickly um one of them was i will seek obtain and maintain employment in our academic vocational program i will submit to substance abuse testing as directed by my parole officer i'll abide by a curfew established by my parole officer i will participate in anti-aggression anti-violent counseling As directed by the parole officer, I will not associate in any way or communicate by any means with family of Derek Robbie without the permission of the parole officer, which I hope it would never. And then also geographic restrictions as per the parole officer. Mm -hmm. Um, As part of the October 2021 hearing, Eric told the parole board that he was engaged almost two years ago. And he briefly discussed his future with his fiance. So I just like looked into that a little bit. And apparently, his fiance is like a lawyer who's studying the youth judicial system. Ooh, I don't I understand
1: these people am so fucking
0: disgusted. I am so disgusted. So by she that. was he like he was a test subject for her, I'm guessing, And then she fell in love with him, okay. okay. Um, first
1: of all, you're studying, like, youth shit. And this is a case about a four-year-old boy being, like, bludgeoned and suffocated to death. And you, you're going to fall in love mm-hmm. with somebody who, when you're studying them as a child, you only basically know him as a child. Is mm-hmm. that not some sort of grooming? I, love I fell in love with the boy inside the man. Like, what the fuck is that?
0: Yeah. So, when asked where he would move upon his release, Eric said that he planned to move in with his mother before finding his own apartment. Um, He then acknowledged that he, well, we just said that, became engaged in Mm -hmm. December 2019. Um, Upon his release, he said that he hoped to start a job in electrical installation or carpentry fabrication. So here's a little quote from the former Steuben County District Attorney, John Tooney, who helped, you know, get him Mm -hmm. um, incarcerated and prosecuted, Eric, told 18 News... Um, that Smith had indicated he wanted to return to his hometown in Savannah. Mm. That's where his mother still lives. Just yeah, saying. I think so that's a bad idea. he basically is saying he plans to live with his mom for a little bit back in his hometown. Where does Derek's family live? So. Don Tooney says, quote, something I've thought about for decades. Now all I can think of was Doreen Robbie standing in line at the checkout at King's Grocery in Savannah and seeing the person behind her in line being Eric Smith. Exactly. That's fucked. Um, On November, in November 2021, the Savannah residents held a candlelight walk um, in all four, they started in all four corners of the town Mm -hmm. and ended in the memorial ballpark that was made for Derek. So in my research, there was this, um, like a poem that was cited by Mary Davidson, who was one of the neighbors who actually owned the lot where his body was found. And she had stated, and this is from like an older article, mm-hmm. so I can only assume that maybe that's this ballpark. Yeah. That she wanted to bulldoze the entire forested area down where it mm-hmm. all happened mm-hmm. and place some kind of memorial there. Okay. So that for would Derek, be
1: really nice.
0: And then wrote like an amazing poem, yeah. apparently, but I can't yeah. find the poem anywhere because I really wanted to read oh, it. To you guys, guys,
1: if you have any
0: insight or sources on this poem, please let us know. So currently, like you asked, according to the Department of Corrections Community Supervision, as of January eleventh, 2022, Smith does not yet have an approved address upon his release. Um,
1: Hi, brand new three days ago article from the day we're recording.
0: Yeah, and quote, when making housing decisions, DOCCS seeks to enhance public safety and facilitate the successful return of the individuals to their home communities by considering risk levels, laws, vulnerable populations, and accessibility to an individual support system. All re-entry planning, according to Future Housing, starts about four months prior to an incarcerated individual's release. Once housing is approved, DOCCS staff conduct home visits. So, I think the issue right now is he only has to, can only go home to mom, and, like, at this time, mm-hmm. it's not... A priority, And it's weird because, like, I swear in my research I saw somewhere else where, like, he acknowledged that, like, moving back to his community would not be, like, an option. But then here he's saying he would yeah. move to his mom's for a bit and then get a job and move just, in with his girlfriend after.
1: I just think th- this is a little bit fucked up. Okay, so I, I'm all down for rehabilitation, if possible. But maybe there's a, a level of respect and comfort you need to give the victims family if you are 100%. A, if you are at a place where you are able to reenter society and you're no longer a danger to other people
2: mm-hmm.
1: and maybe you have people who can vouch for you like your lawyer girlfriend fiance so random and your mom and whatever but i couldn't imagine being the the fan like derek's family yeah and being like is he is he coming back here
0: Exactly. Are we, we
1: going to see this this monster again?
0: And again, like when I think of like, you know, delayed, like that's just the fucking judicial system. Mm-hmm. Everything is delayed, but also too considering there's a pandemic going on, there are a lot of things that are being delayed oh, in the court yeah. system right now. Oh, yeah. And you know, who knows, even, too, like, whenever you think of people like Carla Homoka, mm. who has to go through a process of getting their name changed and relocation yeah. and things like that. Maybe behind the scenes, we don't know. Like, that's what's happening.
1: Yeah, it's so, true. That's true. I didn't even think about all that. All those things
0: could be in order. But what we do know is, as of right now, he's been granted parole. It's been delayed. I don't know if you can recount that and say, like, never mind. We changed your minds. We don't I, want you to go out. I, I think he'd have
1: to do something to... To cause them to change their mind. So I have a feeling he'll probably be on very, very good behavior for the foreseeable future.
0: Exactly. So as of right now, ending this podcast, um, Eric Smith remains in jail. He is due to be released. Hopefully he is actually, um, what's the word, uh, rehabilitated? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the prison system and whatnot was meant yeah. to be about rehabilitation so there's that part of me that's like that's the whole point of it like what's the whole point of having jail if it's not to rehabilitate people and but at the some, same time there's some just people, like people uh,
1: don't like some people you're gonna not want to let them back in society because no. there's nothing gonna, like there's gonna be nothing but murder and sexual abuse and all of that shit that we really we can't Afford to even risk it and say, hey, like, can you control it? No, you okay, you know?
0: There almost needs to be like a middle prison like it's not even a prison I but know. like a
1: like a, a community a home center community
0: yes. area like so it's like instead like imagine like a, a military base yeah where like maybe you have your own housing yes. situation with yeah. other inmates but you're also still supervised at all times and whatnot and you can have your own little like Life fucking community and go that, out yeah. into the community with like i know they do that yes. in jail yes. where some people who have lesser crimes can go out and like go shopping yes. and do things like yeah. that so there kind of almost needs to be the middle
1: stepping ground because also helping people get adjusted to okay how long has he been in prison you said like 27 or 23 years maybe 27 yeah 25 27 whatever it was um getting him readjusted you're gonna see some shit that like we didn't exist in the 90s you know what i mean yeah so i think like a middle ground community would be great but obviously everybody is vetoed so that you don't all of a sudden, it's like everybody in one area. We're like, "Fuck oh it, God. we're taking Let's over. Take over. Oh <laughs> Let's take over the city."
0: That's so true. But be, I don't even know. Even thinking of like, I mean, I definitely the family. It's it, it comes down to For this. Me the family, the family deserves to. Know that the person that took their son away from them is being held responsible for the rest of their life. When you made that fucking decision, mm-hmm. you took that choice in your own fucking hands. Yeah, but then it's also, what is but he? Then he, it's was like, 13, he was 13. He was 13. Yeah. Ugh, that's what makes talking about children, murderers, so it's fucking crazy and complicated. Like maybe one day we'll release the Mary Bell episode and you did um, two teenage murderers they were a little Mm -hmm. bit different than Mary Bell Mm -hmm. it's like when I think of the two that you did Mm -hmm. they literally just went in and killed a grandma for fucking no reason they
1: just wanted to see what was up just to see what's up and then
0: like Mary Bell whose like mother prostituted her and fucking from the moment she was like a small child she was like running a brothel basically in her mom's house and shit and like dealing with like getting fucking raped and beaten Mm -hmm. and it's like like you can see those points, and it's like, I don't know what the level of stepdad making fun of him was, and he kicked him in the ass. What, was he beating him? Like they don't it, talk like that's I mean, it's, fucking.
1: But it's like fair, what how far fair. do you
0: go where you're like, wow, they got broke? Yes. Like they yeah. broke them. Yeah.
1: Because that was my guy last week, if you would like to listen. Um, a lot of trauma stemmed from his father and the vicious beatings that he would take. So at I don't mean level? broke in,
0: like, a mean way. No, no, I think no, I just no. took that from that's the, your what, quote. That's what I said, <laughs> yeah.
1: And, like, the, the lawyer was essentially trying to say, like, the father broke the child. You must yeah. let him loose. So, but, yeah, it's just a fucking mess. It's a mess. It sucks for everybody involved. And, you know, like, I don't know. Where do you stand on rehabilitation? Is it something that does yeah. one murder when you're... Younger, if you really didn't know what was happening, and you're young, and whatever, like, and you you spend 25 years to life in prison, or your 25 years life sentence, whatever it would be in prison, you've gotten treatment, you've seen psychiatrists, all of that stuff. Is it warranted that you're allowed to have a second chance at life when Derek didn't? Like, I want to know how everybody feels. It's a very, I think, I don't think anybody's ever in the middle uh-huh. so much it's either you think that they deserve to always be off the streets or you think that they deserve a chance.
0: Maybe we can add a question or a poll on our Spotify. Um, Check on
1: Spotify and there will be a poll underneath this episode right on your screen. Yeah. A poll or a question.
0: And maybe we'll ask that in our Instagram post as Mm -hmm. well. And feel free to comment and let us know what your thoughts are on Um, children offenders yeah
1: and no judgment because everybody feels differently so you're nobody's right nobody's wrong it's your opinion a hundred
0: percent everybody's (laughs) entitled to their opinion unless it's fucking hateful yeah
1: unless it's a hateful one
0: yeah all right, so let's uh, let's end this and go watch a Disney movie. Yeah. But not ones where, like, animals die.
1: No, I don't want anything. I don't even want to look at an animal right let's now. Let's just
0: go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> what time is this? 5 p.m. All right, well, Good let's night. go to bed. And here's wishing you more foreplay when you go to bed yeah. and no foul. <laughs>
1: None at all at all. Sorry, I took your That's part. fine. Take you it. You say it again. Take it. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye.